Coming up on today's Compassion Radio. I'm maybe talking to one or two people today that you're in a distressing situation. I'm saying don't discount it. Don't just look for the exits in it so quickly that God may be wanting to reveal something to you right in the middle of that situation. I think that word is for somebody today. Hi, friends. As you are undoubtedly aware, last week our nation exercised its constitutional right and responsibility to elect our leaders and speak our collective will. It's really an awesome and rare treasure that's been handed down to us by our forefathers. To decide for ourselves and in a civil manner who will represent and lead us for a couple of years or more gives us tremendous authority over our today and our tomorrow. I pray we never throw away this amazing gift. Last election cycle, Sandy and I sat down to talk about how the Word of God informs us about such things. Not necessarily an easy thing, of course, since democracy and republics didn't even exist in the time of Jesus. But we believe there's wisdom in the Word, not just for what is or was, but for what can and what will be. And we invited a good friend and superb preacher to put some flesh on the bones with one of his finest preaching series. I think the principles you'll hear today and in the programs to come are even more needed right now. Thanks for joining us today. Sandy, today is a very interesting day for America. We talked a little bit about what we might expect of Tuesday. We come to this point in our American culture where we choose our leadership and we go through the process of voting. For many of us, it is a very stressful thing making those decisions. And how do we prayerfully walk to that place? Acting out their civic responsibility, but also taking to heart the responsibility emotionally and spiritually they have to be the deciders, Mm -hmm. to choose the future. Right. It is kind of a guessing game about what will come of the things we choose. Like you said, that's not what we want to talk about necessarily. I think we want to talk more about what surrounds this day and the things that we are experiencing personally that go along with this day and this year, this time of COVID, this time of election, this time of decision and economic distress and all of the things that people are experiencing right now are really showing great emotional distress on people. It's just, it's becoming more and more evident. It's getting worked up. Yes. It has been for years. You know, that the old phrase that says you can't see the forest for the trees. Mm-hmm. Everywhere you look around you, I'm just crowded, I'm crowded, I'm crowded with trees. Where's the forest? Right. And we miss the obvious right in front of our nose that we're standing in one. And the whole world is experiencing, I think the past few months especially, a crowding, mm-hmm. a pushing in, a tyranny of the urgent that is all around us. We give acknowledgement to that fact. But what if we could talk about things that if you knew the mind of somebody that cared about you, And in knowing that mind, you would know exactly what the future holds in store. Would that seem like a relief? Well, that would be amazing. But we have that. We're being invited into the very heart of God every single day through His Word, printed, sung, worshipped, confessed, Mm -hmm. shared with each other. When we do those things, God promises He shows up. Mm -hmm. And He also promises and makes very clear throughout history that He holds the future in his hand, and he hands it over to us in the now. We work together in the day that we have. Yeah. So the very person that we talk about welcoming in in the midst of our struggle is the very person who will make it make sense as it unfolds. 
That's the promise we have in Scripture. Mm -hmm. And even today, especially today, when people are feeling very pressured about what will happen with what happens today. Yeah. What will tomorrow really look like? How will the stock markets respond? How will the courts respond to challenges? How will states respond to arguments over who actually won the electors from that state? And how will our neighbors respond? More importantly, we need to ask, how will we respond to our neighbors yes. and love them? We talked about that yesterday. That was our challenge to you, was to go out and love mm-hmm. along the way. Everybody God puts in your path. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's the primary message that we want to get out for Compassion Radio. That is our heart from the inception of Compassion Radio. It is that we want to love our neighbor as ourselves. We love God first. We seek Him in all that that entails and with passion and with vigor. We love Him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And we love our neighbor as ourselves, as God enables us to do that. And that is why I'm excited about what we're going to be talking about in the next few days, especially because it gets back to the core value of Compassion Radio. The word compassion, of course, is the central, the pivot, the Mm -hmm the lever on which everything turns or flips. If compassion, God's compassion really enters into the circumstances, things really can change. And we talk about that from a biblical perspective. Mm -hmm. And when you hear pastors really lock in on this, zone in on that issue of what does it mean to really know the heart of God, you can't really know it without understanding and going deep in the weeds on this word compassion. We have to dig into what God means by compassion. And the pastor we've invited back in is a good friend of ours. He's going to be, over the next four days, breaking up his sermon of a couple weeks ago on the issue of compassion. But he talks about it in terms of what breaks my heart needs to be the things that break the heart of God. Mm -hmm. In other words, compassion, as we understand it, can only exist when God's heart is broken. Mm -hmm. That's the core message. So everything you hear over the next four programs is going to be centered around that one key truth. Compassion, as it's revealed to us, as we can experience it, as we are called to, only exists in all truth because God himself has let his heart be broken Mm. for those he loves. And in doing that, it changed the course of history. It ought to be, as this church says, rewriting futures for generations to come. That's what the Legacy Church in Liberty Lake, Washington is about. So we're going to welcome in Pastor Gary Moreno on this issue of compassion. And I want you to hear about 10 minutes worth of a sermon today. And Sandy and I will come back and talk more about what it really means and how it could really encourage you today. Prayers that move the heart of God beckon us from complacency to a new life-altering place. Dangerous Prayers. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Legacy. Great to have you in the house. (laughs) Hey, great to have you here and, of course, uh, live streaming. It's just amazing. I think last Sunday, I noticed kind of during our gatherings, one of the services had over 250 views. Views means house. So there's a lot of people that are dialing in and checking things out online. So Legacy's growing. We're just thrilled to see what he's doing, and we're We're doing everything we can within the uh, restrictions that the governor allows us. Just encourage you to continue to practice those safe measures in the house. We're continuing the Dangerous Prayer series. One of the joys of pastoring and presenting messages is that God sort of wrecks you and prepares you to deliver that message. And uh, today, this is one of those that 
was difficult in a wonderful, wonderful way. This series, Dangerous Prayers, we're going to learn how to move from safe, ineffective prayers to life transformational prayers. Let me just clarify, though, who am I to say what's an ineffective prayer? I think God hears the hearts of his people. We're really saying moving from just a safe, sort of calculated prayer, moving God from the puppy command kind of prayer life, like my puppy, Henry. I mean, Patty's puppy, Henry. Henry, he just responds so well. He's really smart. He's like, hey, Henry, come. And he comes and sit, sit. I can even impress you and do a few like tricks. Henry will do. Henry, up, spin, speak, quiet. He's pretty responsive. But how many know that our relationship with God is not a puppy dog relationship? Speak, Lord, need you now. We kind of expect him maybe to jump through some of these hoops. Lord, forgive us if the extent of our communication with you is sort of on a puppy dog level in this series, we want to learn how to lean into the eternal. We want to learn the prayer template of many that we see throughout the word of God. Prayers spoken by God's people to an almighty God. They connected with him through prayer. Sometimes they prayed for boldness to share their faith. Sometimes they prayed for walls, both internally and externally, to be broken, to fall. God's people They prayed whether they were joy-filled or walking through very difficult and dark valleys. Sometimes these prayers came as a cry, watch this now, to be rescued out of a distressing situation. Anybody ever prayed a prayer like that? Like, God, I need you to pull me out of this distressing situation that I'm walking in and through. Anybody been there? Kind of wave at me so I know who I'm talking to today. They'll pray prayers like that, like Jonah down in the belly of a whale which ultimately, how many know you would do a lot of praying there? A distressing situation indeed. But that whale became then a taxi. It was an opportunity for God to adjust Jonah's obedience level. Distressing situations. What about Joseph? Joseph was thrown into a hole by his brothers. That was distressing enough. Then he was sold to a band of marauders and they were heading toward Egypt. He was a slave imprisoned there. I mean, just distressing situation. Out of the frying pan into the fire kind of thing for Joseph. You follow his life. But it was in that prison environment where he began to realize that God gave him capacity to interpret dreams, something supernatural that the Lord kind of laid into his heart and into his life. What about the disciples when they were out on the sea when Jesus was asleep in the boat? It was a distressing situation. They panicked. They were throwing things overboard, trying to lighten the load, crying, wailing. And they finally pound on Jesus' door saying, don't you care that we're perishing? To which Jesus replies, you know, he's like yawning, stretching, you know, I like the king of kings, creator of the universe is here, hello, like, oh, you little faith, and he speaks to the wind and the waves, and he commands them to be silent. They get a revelation of the supernatural power of almighty God in that moment, in that distressing situation. What am I saying? I'm saying don't discount the distressing seasons or circumstances that you may be walking through. These faith-filled people that we read about in Scripture learned to cry out to God, that God was bringing them to deeper levels of trust and obedience, that God was revealing something of his nature in that distressing season, that God was empowering them to endure, not only endure, overcome, and even gift them with supernatural abilities to walk through in a powerful way those distressing 
situations, Joseph's interpretation. What about David's marksmanship? What about Peter's prayer for the sick and seeing them recover or walking on water? Or Paul's ability to write from incarceration, right? That's a distressing situation. And yet those words, like you think, you know, I'm writing from prison. What effect is this going to be? What could this possibly do? What could this accomplish? And that word is still being duplicated and and reproduced over and over and over for generations to come. A guy that was sitting in prison writing in that distressing situation. Listen, I'm maybe talking to one or two people today that you're in a distressing situation. I'm saying don't discount it. Before we go back to the program today, I just want to remind you that Compassion Radio is a communications ministry, and it depends on the faithful support of you to keep bringing inspiring stories to the air each day. Our vision partners support us monthly with gifts large and small, and make it possible for us to take you to the very front lines of faith. Whether you join our vision team or make a one-time gift, thank you for believing in and standing by this ministry. We're here to bring you real good news in every situation. Just call us at one 800 868 2478 to make your gift. You can also text the word COMPASSION to 53445 to give right through your phone or visit our website CompassionRadio.com Thank you friends for everything you've done and what you'll do today. We love you. And now back to today's special program. I'm maybe talking to one or two people today that you're in a distressing situation. I'm saying don't discount it. Don't just look for the exits in it so quickly that God may be wanting to reveal something to you right in the middle of that situation. I know we're supposed to start a message with some humor and kind of light and easy, but I think that word is for somebody today. Don't just look for the exits so quick. Listen, life is full of distressing circumstances. David, I think, had a healthy perspective. Look at Psalm 59, 16. He said, but I will sing of your strength. I'll sing aloud of your steadfast love in the morning. For you have been to me. This is, by the way, if you're not a morning person, that word's for you. For you have been to me a fortress and a refuge in the what? In the day of my distress. In other words, I see a part of who you are, God, in the middle of my distress. He didn't say, I see you as a fortress and a refuge when you deliver me from, no, In the day of my distress, this is what I learn, I see you to become in my life. Look at this next one. Psalm 118 says, out of my distress, I called on the Lord and the Lord answered me and he set me free. He set me free. I'm saying look for the lesson in the distressing situation and circumstances. Look for Jesus in the storm. Don't be so quick to only look to get out of it. And here's where I'm going today. If we live our lives only and always to try to get out of distressing situations and circumstances like quickly, to bypass the storm or bypass duress of heart or inconvenience or the storms, to make a beeline past disruptions with statements like this, I just don't have time for this. I just don't have the emotional energy to deal with him or to deal with her. I don't need this today. If my life is postured in such a way that the next dangerous prayer that we're talking about today may be the most difficult of all for you, and yet it has the potential and the possibility to be one of the greatest prayers that you ever pray. And here it is. Here's the prayer. Ready? Lord, break my heart for what breaks yours. Lord, break my heart for the things that break your heart. 
Lord, break my heart. I'm going to say this a lot today for the things that break your heart. I first heard this prayer at a, it was actually a revival service on the East Coast. And I heard an evangelist, somebody say those words. And I thought, man, that's a powerful prayer. Lord, break my heart with the things that break your heart. I was a young pastor trying to make my way in, in, in ministry. And, and I thought, that's just an impressive sounding prayer. So I'd say it, you know, Lord, break my heart with the things that break your heart. Like, man, that, that was pretty deep, wasn't it? I had no idea what I was saying, what God maybe wanted to do in my life as I would say that prayer. See, the resounding truth of the prayer takes effect when it moves from the cognitive into the emotive, into the spirit and the heart and the soul of the person that's praying it. This dangerous prayer, break my heart for the things that break your heart. It means, Lord, when you look out over this land and this nation and the world, whatever breaks your heart, Lord, let it break my heart too. Whatever causes you to be burdened, let it burden me too. Whatever causes you distress, Lord, as you look out over the landscape of America today in the world, Lord, let it bring distress in me as well. So what you ask, why is this a dangerous prayer? It's a dangerous prayer because when you pray that prayer from the heart and from the spirit and your soul, guess what? That's exactly what he'll do. Break my heart with the things that break your heart. And God says, okay. Lord, distress my heart. I want to be burdened by what burdens you. God says, okay. Sandy, we've studied this sermon a number of times in the past few weeks, and I can't explain to you how much it moved me the first time I heard Gary talk about this. It seemed like this guy had reached into the heart of Compassion Radio for 30 years and got it in one sermon. Absolutely. And that's why we decided to let Gary speak to us and our Compassion Radio family for the next couple of days. What's the big point that you pulled out of his first section of his sermon? Well, I think the thing that just really spoke to me deeply about this very first section was Gary talked about being in distressing situations. Like I said earlier, we're all finding ourselves in distressing situations. This year has been distressing for everyone. I, I don't really know of very many people who hasn't had some level of distress or trauma or tragedy or just difficulty. As far as you're year. willing to look out there in the world, whether exactly. it's just your neighborhood or your church or your state, your country. Mm-hmm. If you're willing to go as far as thinking about the international community, which many people have forgotten, there's not a part of this world that hasn't been shaken to the core in many important areas Mm -hmm. that we've talked about on this program. We've encouraged you not to forget them. I think especially people like the church in Lebanon who have been through incredible crushing defeats politically, economically, socially, and just the whole meltdown that's been happening in their country, and yet the church steps right in and keeps going. Mm -hmm. You know, they're just an incredible example to me of God seizing on every crisis as an opportunity through his people. Well, Gary makes a point to say, don't always look for an exit Mm. to your situation. Now, all of us want to get out of difficult situations, but I am just as guilty as anyone else in praying this prayer, God, just get me out of the situation. Just change the situation without really inviting him into the situation to work his plan in me in that situation. Now, what if God's entire plan all along was to create a situation where we were in a crisis 
so that we could finally yield enough so that we could mm. be changed? That's, what if his mission is to change us? That's a really hard thing. We don't want to consider that God is going to put us in t- difficult situations. And or intentionally harm us. Or intentionally yeah. harm us. We don't like to consider that. And yet scripture tells us there's going to be trouble. Jesus himself says, in this world, you will face trials. You will face difficulties. And yet, for some reason, we think, oh, we got to get out of this situation. Or we're exempt. Yeah. And I think that the examples that Pastor Gary gave were great examples, like Jonah. Mm. Jonah was in a very difficult situation. Went from bad to worse to yuck to worse. I mean, it just, it was all around a bad situation. And yes, I'm sure Jonah prayed desperately when he was in the belly of this fish. And then he talked about Joseph, who was sold into slavery and Mm. betrayed by his family and put in prison and all of these things that Joseph went through, yet praying that God would use him in that situation and coming up out of it into a very prominent position. And he talked about David and how David was often finding himself in desperate situations. Who would have half of the Psalms unless David had been in in trial and in persecution throughout his entire formative years? He uses a few scriptures from the Psalms that I just love. One of them is in Psalm 59, 16. It says, But as for me, your strength shall be my song of joy. At each and every sunrise, my lyrics of your love will fill the air. For you have been my glory fortress, a stronghold in my day of distress. So David is confessing that God is there with him in the day of distress. And then again, in Psalm 118, verse 5, out of my deep anguish and pain, I prayed, and God, you helped me as a father. You came to my rescue and broke open the way into a beautiful and broad place. Now I know that you are for me, and I will never fear what man can do to me. David is crying out of anguish. And God meets him in that place of anguish and despair. So often, I don't want to be met in that place of anguish. I want to be pulled out of that place of anguish. And then I want to meet God because I want it to be a joyful thing. Gary is saying here, and the psalmist is saying here, no, let God meet you in that place. The example of Jesus is simply that. Would we have salvation if Jesus did not enter into the despair, mm. where it was, when it was, mm-hmm. if he didn't endure it for us? Mm. Well, even Jesus prayed in the garden, God, let this cup pass from me, but yet your will be done. If there's any way for if this cup to pass from me. there's any way for this cup to pass from me. Yeah. And, and he walked through that place of despair, and he was greatly distressed. Because he knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. And not just the physical pain involved, but what it meant to be separated from God. I mean, how does God himself think about being torn in half? I don't know, Mm. but it seems like we have a glimpse of that in Jesus' time spent in the garden. Mm -hmm. He knew a great rending was coming. But how could he have imagined what that would feel like, having known the pleasure of his Father so intensely and waking up to who he was and who he always has been, what he always will be, but for this moment— of pain and suffering and entering into everything dark about humanity. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There's something about facing that crisis, that change that's going to happen, that you know is going to cost you everything. Mm -hmm. The church in China, for example, we know has been triumphant and will continue to be. And how do they know that? Because they've suffered and haven't run away from it. Mm -hmm. They don't just resist evil. They stand up and proclaim the day of God's favor. No matter what you do to me, God's will will prevail, and I celebrate that kind of God. Mm -hmm. 
In a day where there is going to be a certain kind of unsettledness or potential being there that we didn't get what we wanted, politically speaking, culturally, socially, can we still look at the cross and look at the body that makes up the kingdom around the world and say, oh, but to be there, I've come to the place where I finally found a home Mm -hmm. and not forsake those people, Mm -hmm. knowing that they're the very ones I need at times when I'm struggling. Yeah. Let's focus on those things today, friends, and just thank God today that everything that God's allowed you to go through are there to help keep pointing you to the cross and to his body, Mm -hmm. to be with those people and to love God with them through everything. Mm -hmm. We'll talk much more about this on tomorrow's program as we go deeper into Gary Moreno's special sermon on compassion and those dangerous prayers like the one he's talking about on today's program, Lord, break my heart for the things that break yours. Thanks for joining us today. Remember, friends, your giving this month doesn't just support this unique media ministry. Every dime beyond our baseline budgeting is going to support the relief and rebuilding efforts in war-torn regions of Ukraine, led by wonderful Christian ministries already on the ground and doing tremendous work. I strongly encourage you to give above and beyond this month so we can make the most impact possible. There is so much to be thankful for, even in hard times. Right now, I'm very thankful for you. Your gift of time each day is a genuine treasure to us. Knowing that you're being challenged to live out your faith like never before is a wonderful encouragement to us as well. I hope you'll take time today to drop us a note through our website or by email. You can reach me directly at the following address, bramfloria at compassionradio.com. However you reach out, know that we're in this ministry and this work for you and because of you. Just call or write us today to help keep us on the air and in the field. Call 1-800-868-2478. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859. And jump in anytime at CompassionRadio.com. We're waiting for you, friends. Hop on board.